The following presentation was recorded live at the River Worship Center in Warsaw, Indiana. We now join the message already in progress. Which means that we must be out and about helping others be reconciled to God. Amen? If someone was there for you, we don't want to be reservoirs or dams. We want to be a mighty rushing river flowing and we're... The Bible says it talks about wherever the river goes, there's healing. Amen. <laughs> Amen? Amen. So, so wherever you're going, you carry the anointing with you. Right. You carry as, as, as ones with the bandages and the, and the ones that have the oil. And oil is a representation of anointing, Holy Spirit, power of God flowing through you. Amen? All those things where where you're not alone you're not going alone you there is no reason to fear as you go out there is no reason to be timid as you go out and if there is that then that is a hindrance that must be washed in the blood and we've got to get that stuff off because you need to go with the power of the holy ghost believing in your touch not timid because you are called to go out and to help those in the ditch that are lost, that are living in addictions. How many of you know people that are living in addictions? Who can help them? The Lord. The Lord can break that. Living in, living in the, uh, the land of pornography, living in the land of alcoholism, living in the land of adultery, living in the, the, the land of sin... The blood of the Lamb can wash away the dirtiest of sins. Amen? Amen? And you've got to believe that. Because if you don't, then where is your faith? Where is our faith? Because we believed it for us, why can't we believe it for someone else? Right? And uh, so, you know, one of, the, one of the tricks that the enemy uses, Esther was, uh, was there a little bit on Sunday, about the lies we believe. I wonder how many times the devil has tried to distract and tried to get us messed up up here about we're not called to do this or we're not equipped to do this or we're not able to do this. And we have to remind ourselves sometimes and look in the mirror and say, I can do all things through Christ who does what? Gives me strength. Gives me strength. Strengthens me. Strengthens you. And, you know, Maybe you just got to read that every day. Because if the devil's coming against who you are, that's what he loves to do. If you say you're a man of God, let's see it. I believe. I know what he did for me. Did I sin? Yes. Did I live in sin? Yes. Did I fall short? Yes. Did I miss the mark? Yes. But the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So listen, saints of God, it's time for us to say so. Did we do that stuff? Were we involved in stuff we shouldn't have been? Yeah. But you know what? It's a new day. It's a new season. You're not the old. When you got born again, when you repented and turned, there's a change that happens like a worm or the caterpillar to a butterfly. There's something different about you. If there's not, then we have to reflect and see, has there been a heart change? Because we're not changed out here first, we're changed here first. 
an inward change should show an outward change. Amen? You're a new creation. Let your accusers come. Hello? One of the tricks of the enemy. The lies of the enemy. Well, we know what you used to be. How many of you have been there? I know what you did before. How can you possibly get in this pulpit and preach to me and tell me anything about the Bible? I know what you used to be. I know what you did. That's the accuser of the brethren. How many of you know people like that? They're not encouragers. They're not influencers. They're tire downers. They're fault finders. That's what the enemy loves to do. He loves to pick on you and I, bringing up our past, digging up it out of the dirt, and present it and try to tear down. Amen? But if you've repented, and you turn from that, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You've been bought with a price. You've been, you've been renewed, restored, and bought. He paid that price for each one of you and me with His blood. Amen? So guess what? When we sin, not if we sin, we need to go back to the Father, 1 John 1, 9, confess, right? If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of how much of righteousness? Unrighteousness? All unrighteousness. In other words, all sin. He washes us anew so that we can start fresh. So guess what? One of the lies that I think some believe is that I've done so much wrong, how could God ever forgive me? I've been involved in this so long there's no hope for me. Oh, yes, there is hope for you. Amen. There is hope. There is, there is a refreshing time. The Bible promises that if we repent and turn, there will be a time of refreshing. Let me tell you, I found that time of refreshing. And I don't want anyone to go in their old past and live in that junk and addictions and not know that there is hope, that there's a new devil to them. We've got to be a church about that. We've got to be a people that says, I'm not afraid to tell anyone about Jesus Christ. Tell them our story. Doesn't the Bible say that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony? Are you an overcomer? You see, the devil would love to steal your testimony. He would love to throw people in your path of accusations and junk, like Pastor talked about on Sunday, about bringing you down when, when you're a new creation. Did we do that stuff? Yes! But now there's a new day. It says, listen, I'm not, I'm not that person anymore. Talk to the hand. Quit, quit bringing up that stuff. That, there was a lie in the sand. You see, when they start doing that, they become an accuser of the brethren. That's not good. Don't touch my anointed ones. Don't do my prophets no harm. Don't do my anointed ones no harm. You don't want to go down that path. They know not what they do, but I think some of them know what they do, and there's judgment coming for those unless they repent. You don't, you don't come against men of God and woman of God. If you're one of God's favorites, 
Do you think he takes kindly to that? Mm-mm. Be careful. Be careful. We, we got to warn them, right? They know not what they do, but I think some of them know what they're doing. But what about us? When, when people come against us, what do we do? Now it puts it on a different platform, doesn't it? We can identify when people come against us. We can, come, we can identify when people hurt us. But what do we do as Christians? Do we attack with vengeance? Or sometimes we just ignore, ignore the people and say, listen, I'm not even going to acknowledge that. You're an heir. But sometimes we go through hurts and pains that affect us, right? As a ministry of reconciliation, I think most of us can say in this room, and maybe some watching, that they've been hurt by church folk. Religious folk, right? And the question is, what are we going to do with those accusers in our life? Are we going to allow that to get in our ears and in our eyes and in our heart and mess up our walk with the Lord? Or are we going to cast all our cares onto Him for He cares for us? Right? Because you know what happens if you don't? It's a slippery slope. So go with me into the Word of God because as Christians, as we teach tonight, all of us have had people that have accused us or been accusers, or have been uh, ones that are not encouraging, that are rock throwers. You know what I'm talking about? They're, they're picking fights. They, they, they don't even have to throw it, but they carry it with them just locked and loaded. You know what I'm talking about? Just waiting, waiting for the right opportunity to say, eh, I got you, bam! Rock throwers. We're not called to be rock throwers. If you're wondering what you're called to be, let me tell you, rock throwing is not what you're called to be. We can mark that off your list. What am I called to be? You're not called to be a rock thrower. There you go. Got one of them out of the way. Now you can keep going on and keep seeking the Lord diligently so He can reward you with what you're called to do. Amen? Okay. So go with me into Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. When you're there, say amen. amen. One of the lies that people believe, one of the lies, I've had people that have very much so accused me, very much so come against me on a scripture that I want to help you get free. Anyone the sound of my voice that may be listening, you, you listen to me here in the sanctuary, those that may be listening to me afterwards on Podbeam or on Facebook. But in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14, this is in red in my Bible, so what's that mean? Jesus said it. So if you're going to take anything to heart, make sure you at least pay attention to what's in red. You know, it's, it's amazing. I was talking to some people this past week that have read the Bible and they still don't believe. We talk about the Bible and it's like, so you know, we talked about uh, a couple Sundays ago about 
faith cometh by hearing and hearing the Word of God, right? How is it possible that some will read and hear the Word of God, but yet there's no change? How is it that some can read this book and still say, I don't, I don't, I don't believe it, I don't receive it, it's just a story. There's something wrong here. There's a heart condition because, because when I started to read this Word of God, maybe I wasn't, I wasn't brought up in church. But when I began to read this Word, I found joy. I found peace. I found mercy. I found compassion. I found favor with the Lord so that I would have favor with men and with God. Amen? How many of you would like to have that? Favor with man and God. Amen? So in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14, it says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Hmm. So here is this nugget in Scripture that some choose to ignore, some choose to um, debate about. How many of you know people that love to debate about the Word of God? Their side, their personal touch, their, their, their view on how they spin the Word of God. So, as I just read these two Scriptures, is this a salvation issue? I got one yes. Can I, can I get another yes? Amen. It's a salvation issue. Well, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I go to church every Sunday. I believe. I read. But I can't forgive. Put someone's name there. I can't let go of those that accuse me. I can't let go of those that come against me. I can't let go of the past hurts. I can't let go of the old church. I can't let go of the old boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, somebody's name there. I can't let go of that. You have a problem. And you need the Lord. If I'm, if I am... If I'm speaking to anybody right now, listen, this is a salvation issue. And people said, no, no, that's not what it means. That... All the way to the point of questioning the anointing that resides in my heart to speak the Word of God and to minister the Word of God so that those may be healed those may be delivered. Those may be set free because who the Son sets free is free indeed. But if, if we as believers of Jesus Christ hang on to the hurts of the past, we deceive ourselves believing a lie that everybody gets to heaven, everything's going to work out on our behalf, but we're hanging on to this hurt, this pain this accusation on our lives. You know, I know, I know many men and women of God that have such an anointing on them and know this Bible in and out. Probably 
better than many. And they will fight me on this verse like no tomorrow. To the point where I'm almost a false prophet in the land to their their eyes. But it clearly says, if you do not, this is a conditional statement, if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. So there is something about us when we forgive. It doesn't mean we go right back into business with somebody. It doesn't mean we just... Uh, hey, and allow everything to go. But there has to be something on, from us believers that says, I forgive you, I release this. Lord, I cast this to you. Take it, please. Now that sounds easy, doesn't it? How many of you know that sometimes it's not so easy? Sometimes even the mention of someone's name is like fingernails on a chalkboard to you. Let it go. Let it go. I don't know how to let it go, Pastor. I can't see him. I see him at the store. I see him on Facebook. I see him here. You've got to let it go. Cast all your cares onto the Lord, for He cares for you. Be released from this and move forward. Well, they hurt me. They did this. I got it. Been there. Been there. They talked bad about me. Been there. I forgive you. So and so come against you. Just badmouth you. But there's people that think that everything's okay with them and the Lord and they can hang on to this hurt and it's like a bitterness and it's a root of bitterness that can get in and it gets into where? Here. It starts here. And then it gets into here where it grows this bitterness. It says, I just can't let it go. I'll forget, but I'll never forgive. They got a problem and they need the Lord. And if that's you, you're listening to my voice. We're here to help you because we've been there. Overcomers. Amen. You overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. I've had to forgive some people. Those liars, those accusers, those ones that talked against the anointing, those that talked against your family. Maybe someone had a bad marriage. Maybe someone had a bad church event. Maybe someone had a bad boyfriend, girlfriend. Let it go. Give it to the Lord tonight and be set free in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? It, it's, it's like holding on to a big bag of bricks. Talk about stones. You can, at any given moment, you'll want to reach in this backpack of stones, hurling insult, threats, because you just can't stand their name, their, their tone, their voice even, the little things that they used to do, and it just is like a... Ah. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Be free of it. Get free of it. I'm concerned because there's Christians today that are not free. We talk about all the time. How do you speak freedom to someone who thinks they're free? They're hanging on to the past and won't let go of it. They're like a bulldog with a new bone. They hold on to this hurt, waiting. You know, and that's, I've noticed this. Do you ever notice people that have been hurt will put up a guard because they're afraid to be hurt again, but they won't let anybody in? 
because they can't trust anybody because they're afraid they're going to be hurt again. And they grab these stones out of the pack just waiting to be on the offense instead of letting it go. And then it messes up other relationships. It messes up ministry. It messes up workplaces. Well, they did this to me at work. I'm never going to trust them. And you might need them someday. Let it go. Is it a salvation issue? Yes. And a lot of Christians have been led down the wrong path, deceived that it's okay, I'm okay, and you're okay. And they think everything's all right with them and the Lord. They think that they're the ones, they mistreated me so bad. You see, it's time that we speak the truth in love. It's time that we tell people the truth in the Scriptures because you know what's going to happen to these people? If, if they don't let it go, they're going to end up in the ditch someday. If you don't let it go, you're going to end up in the ditch someday. How do I know this? Lived it. Lived it. When the accusers come in and spins you out and then you start having self-doubt or something happens and you lose that look. You lose that touch because they rattled your cage. Hand. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When they ridicule you, when you're trying to take, take a stand for God, and you're starting, to, starting to, to talk or do something, and somebody's nitpicking and putting you down, that's not fruit of the Spirit. That putting down that rock thrower, there's a demonic entity there. There may be a spirit of Jezebel there. There may be a lying spirit there. But you've got to come out and be separate from that and not give place to that. And say, listen, I'm not going to give place to that anymore. I forgive you. Lord bless you. Lord rebuke you. Whatever. But let it go and come out and be separate and separate yourself from that bad company and grow in the Lord and be strengthened. Amen? And, and forgive. And say, listen, I forgive you. I may not do business with you anymore. You're supposed to be wise, right? But I forgive you for the way you treated me and my family. You see, you're released at that point. It's on them. Does that make sense? I hope so. I hope so because, because you don't want to take your last breath and you're face to face with the Lord and He says, hey, you. Is your name written in the book? And you're still hanging on to that hurt. You're still hanging on to that junk. Because your name may not be there if you're still hanging. Because this is a salvation issue. Remember the allegory? Deceived and, and all the ones in there that they thought they were okay. And there's people today that are living mad and they're abusive, and they're accusing, and they're rock throwers. Repent and turn so the time refreshing can come. But for you and I, we've got to let it go and move on. Amen? Let the Lord have His way. Amen? And I'm, re and I'm, I'm ready 
willing and able to help anybody if they need help in this area. Because, because this is something that has people today deceived. They go away mad. They go away hurt. Somebody said this. It doesn't work. Remember what pastor was in on Sunday? He was talking about the accusers and how the, how the lady was brought with adultery in front of everybody. And they all had rocks. You can go down chapter 8. We'll go there. And all these people were coming against. But they all had, they all had stuff that in their life that they knew wasn't right either. You know, it's time for us to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Remember that back in, back in Luke a few weeks ago about, about how I spoke on the verse that said to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Are you ready to meet the Lord? Well, if you're hanging on to hurts, if you're hanging on to the junk, you're not ready for the Lord yet. You need to let it go. Repent and turn. Forgive those that have come against you and be free in Jesus' name. Amen? It is, it is the most wonderful thing to get free of is your past. Otherwise, you find yourself on a slippery slope. But pastor, towards the end of the message on, on Sunday... He was in John chapter 8. So let's, so let's go from there and let's look at this and remember a word called compassion and a word called mercy and forgiveness. And let's tie them all in in the teaching tonight. In John chapter 8, verse 1. Are you there? But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives now early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us, that such should be stoned, but what do you say? They're trying to set him up. How many, how many of you know people that have tried to set you up, try to set up things for you to fail and, 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 and catch you saying one thing or doing another thing? Here this woman was caught in the act of adultery, and here these uh, so-called righteous individuals are bringing her to Jesus. And in verse 6, it explains it. It says, This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. That's not good. That's really not good. How many of you realize that? You see, it starts back to who they say Jesus was in their life. What did the scripture say? It referred to him as teacher. Did they not recognize the authority of Jesus only to a certain point trying to test him in an area versus recognizing who he was? Right? If you say, if you say Corey versus you say Dad, let me tell you, I rise up to the occasion because there's only one person I know that, call, that calls me Dad. 
There's a connection. When you say teacher versus I say Pastor Sparks or I say Pastor Glenn, there's something about recognizing the authority that none of those guys nor myself require anyone to call us pastors. We don't do that. You call someone how you see them. Otherwise, I'm Corey. That's what my, my mom, mama named me. I'm Brother Corey. That's Brother Luke. That's Sister D. Sister Denise. What? However, but there's something about recognizing the anointing in someone that says, I rec- I'm not going to set, I'm not going to say something that tries to set them up so that they say something wrong or that puts them in an awkward position. But here, these characters took this woman caught in, in adultery, using her as a tool to test Jesus. Is that still going on today? People are trying to use others so to see them fall, to bring a false accusation, false witness. They said this test in him that they might have something of which to accuse him. They're looking for something. How many of you know people that just have their rocks ready, looking for something, looking for an excuse to throw out that venomous? Come on, you work with people. Don't, you don't have to be all quiet tonight. You know people, they just sit back waiting, like a cat waiting to pounce on a mouse, just waiting just to say, ha-ha, bam, and, and debate the Word of God with you, just like those verses I just started with about trying to argue about the Word of God. Instead of receiving it, they look for all the little ins and outs, and how can we... I've been studying this for a week so I can ask him some off-the-wall question they won't understand. And we're like, okay, I'll get back to you. Right? None of you ever had that happen, I guess. But it's okay. You start ministering, you start teaching. You'll find people that will try to... Now the Scripture's looking for some special nugget that's not there just read and believe and receive that if you don't forgive others your father in heaven will not forgive you period it's that simple you don't have to look for anything else just receive it and believe the word of god thus now you know the truth now you're accountable for actions according to the truth so if you're hanging on to something let it go but Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. Now, here, here's a great debate that you can find anything on the Internet all you want. I love what Pastor said Sunday about this, that he's just sitting there. He just, you know, he didn't have to look at the woman. He's just sitting there listening. And people love to take this and go, well, I wonder what Jesus was writing and what did he write with his finger? And what was, you know what? You're missing what he's about to do. They tried to set him up. They're trying to make this woman out, uh, insulting her, embarrassing her. Did she sin? Yes. Did we we sin? Yes. You could bring up 150,000 things probably about how many sins I had before I got saved. Right? Anybody that knows you and your family, because I know what he did there, uh, when you're when you're ministering the truth and you're and you're saying, hey, the Bible says this. Well, but you you did it. 
Why are you preaching against it now? You did it. You lived it. I said, yeah, I, w- I, didn't, I wasn't brought up in church. I didn't know. Now I know the truth. Now I'm responsible for the truth. Now I'm, I'm called to tell someone in love that there's a more excellent way. Before I was ignorant. And they love to accuse you. Oh, well, you did it with this person. You did it with this. I got it. I shouldn't have looked at the stuff. I shouldn't have been involved in the stuff. But now I'm trying to tell others that there's a more excellent way to life If I'd have been brought up to know those things, I would have been accountable and would have been different. And then a man of God said, here, read this. (laughs) When I was broke, busted, and disgusted in the ditch, I had to to hit rock bottom to learn the lessons of God. And I don't want others to do that. And they say, oh, you're you're just a Bible thumper. You're doing... No, I'm trying to love on somebody. Say, listen, there's a more excellent way. Let go of the past. Let go of the hurts. Let go of the junk. Come out and be separate from that stuff. Come out from the sin. Come out from the pornography. Come out from the alcoholism. Come out from this and that. And come enjoy the abundance of life with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So when they continued asking him, he raised up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. Isn't that something? All these guys lined up. And Jesus throws it right back at them. Say, okay, you, you're going to accuse and you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna embarrass this woman and all this. You got your rocks. Okay, go ahead. Whoever's, whoever's without sin amongst you all, go ahead and throw the rock at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Now, granted, my curiosity is high. I'd like to know what he's writing to, but I really don't know what he's writing, okay? And I'm not going to make up some opinion tonight to teach you some off-the-wall opinion what I think that he's writing. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to read the Word of God and understand that he stooped on and wrote on the ground. When it's revealed to me, I'll tell you. But at the moment, I'm simply going to tell you, I'm just going to receive and believe and recognize the mercy and the love and the compassion that Jesus is doing here. He's not getting in a fight with them. He's just saying, hey, if you're without sin, go ahead, throw the first stone. But unfortunately, today we live in a land of stone throwers that look for anything that they can find to put other people. And I thank God at the river I don't have to deal with that. I've got some brothers and sisters that are kind and they're compassionate and they're loving, and when people come in, and when there's new people that come in, we love on people, and we have mercy, and we, we have compassion on them, because, you know, people don't just come to church. They're being led by the Holy Spirit, saying, listen, there's, you know, be grateful they're walking through those doors, because somebody's been praying for them. Somebody's been talking to them. Somebody's been inviting them, saying, praise God, they're here, because they're looking for truth. We should never be ones that as soon as they hit the door, oh, you, you haven't been here for six months, here's some rocks, boom, boom, boom. No, praise God they're back in the house of God. Amen? Amen. Don't, don't be throwing rocks. Somebody's been praying and ministering to them for days, weeks, months that they would get back in church. Be grateful for that and allow them to grow because they come in, they're hurting. Just because they're smiling doesn't mean they're okay. They're coming back to church And God has opened up a door because let me tell you one of the lies and the tricks of the enemy is he will try those that have backslid or maybe walked in away from the church or those have been hurt or whatever, 
The devil loves to get them convinced that there's no redemption, that there's no compassion left, there's no mercy left, and that it's not okay for them to come back. And let me tell you, it is okay for them to come back. And if you're listening to my voice, we want you back in church. Be our church that has mercy and compassion, that knows that we've all fallen short. Amen, church? And there's some people that I believe have, have believed a lie of the enemy that says, those people, when you go back, they're going to they're gonna hate on you. They're going to criticize you. They're going to condemn you. They're going to throw rocks. And listen, there ain't no rock throwing going on here. Right. Whoever you know, you've got to tell them this week. You've got to tell them, that, listen, there's no rock throwing going on in this church. Because we know what it's like to fall in the ditch. We know what it's like to, to not feel wanted. Come on, church. We know what it's like for someone, you, you walk in and it's just cold as can be and no one says hi to you. You don't find that at this church. Not at the river because we know what it's like to not feel welcome. We know what it's like to not feel that you belong somewhere and at the river you can belong, church. Amen? Amen. So when they come through the door, love on them. Love on them because they're hurting. I don't care if they're smiling or not. There's something inside. They're seeking the Lord for something different in their life. Allow the Holy Spirit to minister. Allow the Lord to convict and change and turn their hearts. But you love on them. You have compassion for them. Amen? Oh, I'm expecting a great flood because the river's going out. And wherever we go out, there's healing. So I'm expecting, when I go out, I'm expecting fruit that they come in. Because if I, if I can reach them, if you can reach them, that we know that the power of God and the love of God and the mercy of God is on us through us because we've been there, that we now have the anointing and the oil, and I'm expecting them to come in and follow me. But the devil is talking in their ear that they're going to condemn, they're going to come down on me, they're going to they're put me down, they're going to do this. No, uh No. Not at the river. It's a place you can belong. Amen. Come on, somebody. Mm. Then those that heard it, being convicted by their conscience, see, something changes. I, you, don't, you don't have to beat on people. You don't have to beat on sheep. You don't have to, you don't have to jab. You don't have to poke people. Because, because when people come into this atmosphere, there's change. There's hearts, there's renewing of the mind, there's renewing of the heart, there's strengthening, there's joy, there's peace that comes. We don't, we, all we got to do is come in and lift up the name of the Lord and praise the Lord and preach the gospel message and tell someone about Jesus and praise and worship and watch God do His work. It's the most wonderful thing I've ever seen is to see someone get free and feel like they belong. You know Why? Because I walked through that door one day, broken, didn't, didn't, believed all those lies. You've done too much wrong. You went too far. No, you haven't. While there's breath, there's still hope. Amen. Jesus can wash away all unrighteousness, all sin, 
I don't care how dirty it is. I don't care what you've done. If you're watching me and you're watching this broadcast and you at the sound of my voice know people in your family, let me tell you that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he can save those that are in the dirtiest of sin, the worst of addictions, the worst of adultery. And my Jesus that I know is able and willing and compassionate and is wanting to free them and save them and heal them and deliver them from all that stuff. Hallelujah. 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 He says there's those that heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest one, even to the last. You know, when you're there's something about us older folks we know, don't we? We've been around a little, we've seen some stuff. And the Holy Spirit starts convicting. One by one, it went out, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus has raised, had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. Is that significant to you today? Because the others were calling him teacher. She, in her sins even, called him Lord. Are we going to mess up? Yes. I, won't, I don't need a show of hands and I don't need anybody on Facebook, but... I can tell you there's been sin and mistakes and bad decisions in my life after getting saved. Can I still be healed? Yes. Can I still be saved? Yes. 1 John 1, 9. Confess. Right? Repent and turn. Get it under the blood. There's still hope for you. You haven't went too far. There's people I know that they, they, they've, they accepted the Lord and there was sin in their life. There was messed up. There's stuff going on. Oh, I've done too much wrong. I've, and the devil has lied to them that they're not worthy, that they're not welcome, they're not, they're not somebody. And let me tell you, you're somebody. This woman responded to Jesus as no one Lord. There's some people that are outside this church that are hurting. Maybe backslidden. Maybe they're on the way up. Maybe, maybe they're in the slow process of redemption. The devil's lied to them. They've been hurt by church. They've been hurt by their accusers. And they still love the Lord. Matthew 22, 37. But the accusers have got in here. The rock throwers have got in here and done damage. And it's you and I's mission and calling to help those that are in the ditch. And Jesus said to her, Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Listen, there's something here that says, okay, God is forgiving. Jesus forgives and He heals. He also says, don't sin no more. Come back to church. Get back in church. Come out and be separate from that stuff. Repent and turn. Now that's 
That's 180. Amen, Christian? That's not 360. We don't, I'm sorry, and I go right back to my mess. No, you go a different direction, and you go with Jesus. Amen? Then Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. It's time to get out of the darkness. Come out and be separate. That junk. It's time to come out and be separate. It's time, it's time to get closer to the Lord and enjoy that salvation, believing and fellowship with one another. The devil's got people deceived and thinking that, that people are nobody, that there's no hope. And let me tell you, there's hope. Amen. There's joy in the Lord. There's joy in fellowshipping. And people say, well, I, I, I've done too much wrong. No, you haven't. Well, how do you know? Because you don't know my story. You don't know my story. Come to church. Let's have a cup of coffee. I'll share my story with you. I'm not plastering it all over Facebook, but I'll share my heart with anybody that says, listen, there's redemption available. There's restoration available. And His name is Jesus. Yes, amen. Amen? amen? There's healing available. Amen. I'm expecting some people like yourselves to tell someone this week about Jesus and how He healed you. And you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. And they're going to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and then again on their testimony because they're going to say, I came to church, I did this, I was healed here. I felt the love of God at the river. They weren't there waiting for me at the door with the rocks. They are waiting there with a, an arm out going, we missed you. We're not here. To, well, I'm glad you finally made it. No, we missed you. We've been praying for you. It's an answered prayer that you're here. Praise God. Amen. Ah. One more thing. Go with me. I didn't get there last time that I ministered. And if you'll give me just five more minutes or so, I'd love to get there tonight. Because it all ties in together that there's some people that have been deceived there's some people that have been lied to. There's been some people pulled out of this place that should be here right now. There's some people that have been pulled and separated and, and the devil looked for weakness of any kind to separate the flock and to pull this person and to pull this person. And listen, there's some shepherds in this house that we, we have the love of God, we have the Word of God, and listen, we're saying come back Get back in the, in, the, in the covering and know that you're loved. Because I've been in that, that realm of falling short. But listen, we love you enough to tell you the truth. And God loves you enough to say, listen, I'll wash away the dirtiest of stuff. Amen. <clears throat> so go with me into Luke chapter 10. And we'll read just a couple more verses and then, we're, and then we'll go home. But you're going to go home with an assignment. You're going to go home with a mission. And those listening to my voice are going to, are going to hear a man of God that wants to see them restored. I don't want to see anybody out of church. I don't want to see anybody separated. And I don't want to see anybody go to hell. And I want to prepare them
for the Lord coming back. Amen? Amen. In Luke chapter 20, uh, Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, verse 20, verse 25. <clears throat> Are you there? Luke 20, 10, uh, sorry, Luke 10 and 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, you pick up on the, on the verse again, on the, on the name? Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to them, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? You know, those other guys, they knew about the law too. But they only brought the woman. Where was the guy? You see, there's some that are meant to be here, both the woman and the man, not just one. There's some people that, that need to get back in the house of the Lord together as a couple, not just one. Amen? They brought that woman in front of everybody to throw rocks, but they didn't bring the guy. Where was the guy? Well, you can, you can look, in your, you can look in, your, in your notes in Leviticus where it talks about that it's both the man and the woman. So they, 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 didn't, they didn't even do it right. They're trying to set up Jesus. They're making an example of the woman. Here they are, but where's the love? Where's the compassion? Where's the mercy? So many people just love to just beat you to death with Scripture like a big clanking symbol. But where's the love? that Jesus has for one another, that he paid the ultimate price for you and I. We've had good teaching on that recently. The pastors, pastors mentioned several times about that Jesus paid the same price for you as he did for me. He paid the same price for all those that you may know, every family member you have that may be living in whatever, but Jesus died so that they may live. Right. Amen. He said to them, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbors as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. Verse 29 says, but he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Hmm. Then Jesus answered him with this parable. And he said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Verse 31 says, Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Are you kidding me? You mean, you mean that there's people out there today that, that are going through trouble, that are in the ditch, that have been beating, and there's still people today that will walk by them and not lend out a hand to help them up? Yeah. Because you dealt with them. You know them. And they hurt us. They hurt you. But listen, we've got to forgive and let it go. Let it go. It's going to hang on to you like a big chain onto this ugly world if you don't let it go. 
Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. Oh, two of them that have just ignored those that are in a tough spot. Let us not be these two. Let, let us be ones, and I believe that we are, as a ministry of reconciliation. And those that are hearing my voice today, I'm not letting you go. I'm going to keep praying for you. I'm not walking by. I, I'm going to lend a hand out to help you up. Not out, a hand up, so that you may be free, because look what happens. But a certain Samaritan, uh, let, let's put our name there, but a certain, certain man by the name of Corey, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had, what? Compassion. Listen, there's a whole bunch of people hurt out there. I know this world's a mess. I know there's a lot of people living in sin, but there's some people that the devil has lied to. Remember how we started this? The devil has lied to them that, that they're not feeling welcome, that they're not this or that. And let me tell you, there's somebody in the Lord. Jesus died for them just like he died for you. And let us be like the Samaritan because we are the ministry of reconciliation. It is part of your calling. You have been placed here. Remember what the scriptures say? Is that God has placed the members. Help them understand where they've been placed. The devil's lied to them. They're meant to be here, but the devil's lied to them to get them looking somewhere else or looking wherever. But the people that you know, the circles of influence you have, there's people that are designed to be here because you're here. <clears throat> Amen? The people that you know, there's people that, that you, I've not been able to minister to, but you can. You can let them know that they're welcome. There's something about letting go of the past and allowing the love of God. Do we go through those things? Yes. But now look what happens that you and I are equipped with. It says, so he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal. Listen, if i got to go get somebody this weekend, so be it. They call me and say, I don't have a way to get there, but I'm hurting. I don't have money to get there. I got extra vehicles. I can get you there. How about you? Because some, we're going to have to take responsibility sometime to go out of these four walls and lay hands on the sick so that they shall recover. That we go out with the oil and the wine and the bandages. Because look what it says. It says, brought him to an inn and took care of him. You know, there's several men and women of God that have helped take care of me when I was hurting. And they took care of you too. Don't forget what God did for you. Don't forget the benefits of God. River family, there are some people out there that are hurting that have been lied to. They think they're not loved. They think no one cares about them. But listen, I pray that they hear this message because they are loved. They are cared about. Amen? Look at the reward now. We don't do this to get a reward, but there, there's a reward in our hearts that know 
our loved ones are going to be in heaven with us someday because we're telling them the truth. Did we mess up in the past? Yes, but it's a new day. It's a new season. I'm telling people a more excellent way that they can come to know Jesus Christ and have the joy of the Lord and have the joy of their salvation and be healed just like you. There is deliverance. There is healing. It says, On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. Listen, there's, there's a blessing about being called to the ministry of reconciliation. There's a reward waiting for those of us that will walk in our calling. That when the Lord comes back and He sees the fruit of your life, and He says, listen, you, you showed compassion for my sheep. You loved on those people when they didn't seem so lovable. You forgave when, when it was hard to forgive. But there, I'm bringing a reward with me for what you've done. You went out and gave them a drink of water. You went out and you gave them a sandwich. You went out and you helped them. Maybe, maybe you, you didn't realize why you, why you were getting crab ragoons tonight, but I sent you there and I lined the dots for another man to be right there where you were at. You didn't realize the, the dinner or the, or the get-together, but I was there. When the Lord is there, and He's mending the wounds, and He's healing the wounds, let me tell you, there's a great reward in heaven, guys. He says, when I come again, I will repay you. So He says, so which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? The, the ones that are in the ditch, those that are hurting, those that don't feel welcome, those that think they've done so much wrong. The devil's lied to them. I've been in that boat where you don't feel welcome. Which one of those three do you think was the neighbor to him? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, and your neighbors as yourself. Who's your neighbor? You see, there's, there's something now where the teaching goes in now, one to the person hurting and now two to the person that's been hurt that now has the oil. There's something in my words that is anointing you with power, with deutimous power, that you are being equipped to be sent out with the strength and the bandages because the Holy Spirit is touching hearts right now because you know what it's like to bend in that ditch and the two walked away and wouldn't help. But there was one that loved you anyway, that loved you back to on your feet, loved you back to church, loved you back into family, loved you back to family get-togethers, loved you into Thanksgiving dinner, loved you back to Christmas. Amen? And he said, he, so he said, who, who, who do you think was the neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And verse 37 says, and he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to, to him, go and do likewise. 
Go do, apply, go, go take this word and get it in you and recognize that there's people that need you, that need to hear God loves you. There may be some people watching me right now that you need to understand that God loves you, we love you, we miss you, we want to see you, and there's help. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to stay away. You don't have to believe the lies of the devil who tries to break that bridge. He's, church, there's many people that want to come back, but the devil has tricked them and has lies to them thinking that the bridge, the roadway, to help has been destroyed. And the roadway to help has not been destroyed. They're believing a lie of the enemy. And let me tell you, we need to be those that go and do likewise, repaving the road with our healing and our anointing and those in us and say, listen, there is a more excellent way. You haven't went too far. And God loves you and wants to see you back in His house where you belong, where you've been called to. Amen. You see, the Scriptures say that God sets the members. And there's one that hates God, and there's one that's trying to destroy the path back to God. Do you see it? The enemy is setting up roadblocks and valleys Every time we go and minister to somebody and we got to resist the devil and he's got to flee because we're rebuilding the road back to the Father's house. Are you with me? we got to rebuild the pathway to those that have been hurt because they've veered off the ditch. we got to give them a clover leaf, if you will. Hook up the toe chains and say, listen, you went off the road, but listen, we're going to bring you back that narrow path back to the Father's house. I'll help you get there. And those at the sound of my voice, you're welcome at the river. Your family members, I don't care what they've done. They're welcome here. I don't care what they're smoking, what they're drinking, what they're looking at, what they've been caught in. There's no stones here. Because we're going to love on them and allow the Lord to mend them and heal them so that when they come in, they're healed and renewed and they go out a different way on God's narrow path. That love mercy. That's what paved the way for me. Because I believed all those other things I've been telling you about. And it, what did it do? It kept me out of church. It kept me out of His Word. But when I had someone share the Word of God with me, and I lived these Scriptures, the Word of God healed here. The Word of God healed here. So that I could once again go lay hands on the sick. So that I could believe in my touch again so that you can believe in your touch again, and that they will believe in their touch again. So who's your neighbor? Everyone. Go and do likewise. God bless you. Amen? God bless you. Receive this word. Be encouraged and equipped.
that the Lord will pour out His blessings and favor on you and those that are listening to my voice, that you be blessed and get back to the Father's house because this church loves you and this church wants to see you prosper and this church wants to fellowship. Amen, church? God bless you. Till next time, we'll see you Sunday. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us here at the River, you can email us at study at riverwc, all one word, dot org. Again, that's email to study at riverwc.org. God bless you.